You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church Podcast. Lord Jesus, your kingdom is good news for the world caught in racial hostility. Your kingdom is good news for people who don't seem to be able to get along or for whatever reason have animosity or hold a grudge against someone or decide to be hateful. We ask that you would give us grace for the deep challenges that we face as a country. Lord, we confess our anger, our deep sadness, and our collective sense of weakness to see this world healed through our own strength. We recognize we cannot do it without you. We need your love, the power of the Holy Spirit in us to fill us and flow through us. Lord, we confess that the gospel is good news for the oppressed and the oppressor. Both are raised up. Both are liberated, but in different ways. The oppressed are raised up from the harsh burden of inferiority and the oppressor from the destructive illusion of superiority. We honestly confess that our country has a long history of racial oppression, that racism has been a strategy of the devil and powers and principalities of evil. So, O Lord, you alone are supreme and you alone are superior. We confess that the gospel is your power to form a new people identified by unity in the Spirit. And Lord, we ask that you would help us name our part in this country's story of racial oppression, division, and hostility. Whether we've sinned against others by seeing them as inferior, or whether we've been silent in the face of evil around us, forgive us of our sins. Lord, we ask that you would give us the courage to be peacemakers. May we be people who speak the truth in love as we work to reconcile our world. And Lord, we commit our lives to you. May we allow you to do your work in us and through us, that you bring healing through us to those that are hurting and peace to those that are anxious and love to those that are fearful. We ask you today, Lord, to be with the people of Charlottesville this day and provide your grace and comfort for all who are hurting. In Jesus, our peacemaker's mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, if you are unaware of what's happened in Charlottesville, you'll hear about some of it today. I I changed my message uh, during the nighttime and early this morning, and I'm so grateful to uh, Diane who got handed these PowerPoint slides just minutes before the 8 o'clock service, and Pastor Scott who changed them, and and, uh, Pastor Darren and the team this morning, they took out the outlines from the bulletin for the sermon that you'll hear in two weeks. Now I'm two weeks ahead, hallelujah, and because uh, and, uh, I'm rarely ahead. But you have the yellow sheet with the teacher's names on it, so on the back of that, it's blank. If there's anything I say today that you would like to write down, uh, I encourage you to do so. Uh, I want to talk to you today still about divine direction and that we would follow the heart of God. What is his heart for you and for me? What is his heart for our country? What is his heart for our relationships? Well, it comes to us from 1 John chapter 4, and it says these words. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Let me say it again. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is... Because God is, uh this is how God showed his love among us. He didn't just tell us he loved us. He didn't just speak down from heaven with a megaphone or a PA system. 
Say, I love you down there. But here's how he showed us that he loved us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And when Jesus came to this world, he didn't come for a certain class of people. He didn't come for a certain color of skin. He didn't come to a certain part of the world. But the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world in John 3.16 that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And I love that word, whosoever or whoever will may come or whoever decides to believe in Jesus can receive him. It doesn't say a certain color of skin, a certain amount of money in the bank, or a certain part of the globe. It says anyone that encounters the grace and the knowledge of Christ and anyone that encounters the offer of salvation can believe in Jesus Christ through faith. And this is love. Not that we loved God, verse 10, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for all the sins that we would commit, all the thoughts that we would think that are wrong and evil, all the acts of humanity that are evil. And then he says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is where? Is made complete where? In us. Yeah. So if you love God and God loves you, or if you love God in response to his love towards you, it cannot stop there. It is only made complete as you come from a place of being loved to then loving others. Some people look for love in all the wrong places. Some people are looking to be loved and affirmed and to have someone come by them and give them a hug and say, oh, you, you matter to me. But here's the thing that I want you to see as we start this message today is that we don't come to be loved, but we come from love. In other words, we go to God and let God fill us with his love. And from a place of being loved by God, we can then love other people. We must be filled first with his love in order to love. And that's what John is telling us. This old man is writing this book. This one who journeyed with Jesus is now saying, listen, here's what I want you to know. Because I, I saw the Savior love people. I saw him love people that were different than him. I saw the Savior relate in an appropriate way to women when the law said you're not supposed to talk to women in public other than your own wife. I saw Jesus go as a Jew to a Samaritan. I saw Jesus go to people that were lepers, and it was against the culture and against the law of the day to even acknowledge them, let alone go speak to them, let alone heal them, let alone forgive them. So Jesus is very clear in his life on how we're to live this passage in our hearts and in our lives. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And this is the way that we make our love complete. As a Christian leader who's honored to, to pastor, I was watching the events of this weekend unfold. And as I sat there and I watched on the video screen and I watched on the TV screen and I read Twitter and I looked at Periscope and I looked at Instagram pictures, my heart was saddened because it was called the Unite the Right Rally. And in that we saw white nationalists, neo-Nazis, Ku Klux Klan members, 
all making up what is called today the alternate right or the alt-right, A-L-T-right. And their rally was to take America back. Well, I really don't want it to go back. I would like it to go forward. And so therefore, my heart is grieving. As I saw the violence of this weekend, my heart was crushed. And I want to give you some statements today, and this is why I think this message is important. First of all, any movement of hatred is always anti-gospel. Any movement of hatred is anti-gospel because the gospel says we are loved by God and we are to come from a place of being loved and love others. So people that say, I hate you or I'm against you are people that don't understand the gospel. Now hear this. This is a little disclaimer. It doesn't mean I have to agree with someone else's stance or someone else's view of the Bible in order to love them. I can love people that I don't understand. And I can work hard at trying to understand people. It was some time ago that I was in a conversation with two people, and one of them, I'm just going to talk to you very bluntly this morning, one of them was someone that was on their way to becoming transgendered. I don't understand that. I, I've, I was born a boy. I'm a man. I will die a man. Thank you very much. That's the way God made me. And rather than judging somebody, however, who's saying, I'm having trouble understanding my sexual identity, I should sit with them as I try to do with this person and have a little bit of a conversation. When they found out I was a pastor and a Christian, the walls started to go up. Well, I know what you're going to say. Turn or burn. Repent. The end is near. Huh? That God is hostile towards people that don't like the way that they were born. Now, again, I'm not saying that I have to agree with their process of their life. It's not my life. I don't have to vote for same-sex marriage or agree with same-sex marriage. Personally, personally, I don't think it's biblical. I can show you in the Bible where it's not God's best for people. Now, don't send me emails, because the last time I mentioned same-sex marriage, I had three people send me emails and say, my daughter's a lesbian, my son is gay, you're insensitive. I'm not insensitive at all. I don't fully understand why a guy wants to be with a guy and have sex. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I, it's not anything. I'm happily married. I have a wife. She's a female. I'm a male. I mean, that's, that's my life. Am I judging anybody? No. What I'm trying to say is I have no right to hate them. I have no right to say God doesn't love them. I have no right to say that God can't save them. I have no right to ever say they're going to burn in hell the rest of their life. I'm not God. Aren't you glad? I'm not God. But I do have this right and understanding that I need to know that any heart that's filled with hatred is a heart that is pushing God away. The more you allow God in your heart, the more that you will be filled with love. And I can already feel some of you in this room. It's like, whoa, dude, do you hear what he just said? I know it. And somebody online is watching going, oh my gosh. But see, Christians can't be silent. We don't need to stand with a... With a you know, with a, with a spiritual terrorism at people, but we need to have a heart that says racism is anti-gospel. Let me just say it again. Racism is anti-gospel. And there are still places in the United States of America in 2017 in pulpits like this where people are saying black people should get out of our country. Hispanics should get out of our country. I mean, the truth be told, when the, when the mayor of, of Virginia gets up and says, well, wait a minute. 
If you weren't Indian, all of you came over here on some kind of boat. Every, every one of you did. And I go, yeah, my, my folks came here from Germany. They rode on a boat. My mom was sicker than a dog. They had very little to eat, and they came, and they saw the Statue of, oh, of Liberty. They went to Ellis Island. They had to become citizens that day, and in that day, things were different. You didn't come to this country unless you had a sponsor. And the sponsor signed an affidavit to the government that said, when you come here, we will take care of you, the family, not the government. It was different then. I'm not, a, I'm not saying I'm against how it's done today. I'm not judging that. I'm just telling you it was different back in my day. There was a Jewish community that said to my parents, we will sponsor you when we get here. And by the way, they were told, and I'm not preaching this either, so don't take it out of context. They were told, if you come to be citizens, you must speak English. And they were also told, don't teach your children I wish this wasn't told to them. Don't teach your children German or Italian. Those are foreign languages. This is America. So they were under this illusion that they couldn't speak to us and teach us German and Italian. Oh, I wish they would have. And my Italian is just horrible. Um, I I was here Friday night. Our Elevate youth team had a back-to-school bash. It was so awesome. They had catered-in tacos, catered-in. They had laser tag with really cool guns. I mean, it was cool. It was all safe. It's just light beams, folks. No, don't worry. It was so cool. And there were foreign exchange students that came, three from Spain and one from Italia. And I saw her walk up, and I said, oh, where are you from? She said, uh, from Italy. And I said, oh, tanto piacere di conosce. And she looked at me like, whoa. Anke Io, it means also me. I'm glad to meet you, also me. And then she, she started speaking. I said, no, I, I, I don't know much. Ciao. Mangiare. I didn't know much. Mozzarella. She started laughing, you know. Erwin McManus says in a recent tweet over the weekend, in case I haven't been crystal clear, there are not two sides to the issue. White supremacy doesn't get a side, and Nazism doesn't get a side. I like that. By the way, he's a pastor of one of the large churches in, in Hollywood. See, hatred is not an act of courage, but it's an act of cowardice. So I watched the news, and I was sad, and my response, first of all, was judgment. I wanted to judge everybody who was acting in hateful ways. And then a whisper came. A whisper came. And the whisper was the Holy Spirit. Where are you judging people? I said, no, Lord, we're not talking about me. It's them on the screen. <laughs> no, where are you judging people? And as I was reading articles and I was reading, reading follow-up posts, where are, where, are you, where, where are you judging people? And then I heard this. This was a divine direction bomb. Is there any hatred in your heart towards anybody? And I started thinking about people that I may not hate capital H, but, but lowercase h, do you, do you have anybody like that? Or how about this, you may not hate them, but you dislike them, lowercase d. Or you hope they never move next to you. Or, or you, you, you see somebody panhandling and you hope, oh, Lord, may they never win the lottery and buy the house next to mine. Come on. I was challenged by the Holy Spirit, and then I found these words from pastor and author Ed Stetzer who wrote, Uh, Christianity Today, he said, it's an abomination to all that we stand for. The acts of this weekend, 
must be condemned on every level of leadership in the church. There's no room for waffling. We cannot sit in silence hoping that this will all pass. Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome, but overcome with good. See, this is what we do. This is the response of the church. First of all, we pray, of course, and then we overcome evil with good because bigotry and racism are not new in our country. Thousands of people in the United States of America, United States of America, have lost their lives as a result of racial tension. But then such views were pushed to the margin of the public view. But now, however, with sophisticated marketing machines, with everybody on their cell phones having a camera, Within seconds, they can post it, and within seconds, it can be copied, it can be retweeted and reposted and re-Facebooked and you name it, that we are more and more, more and more dealing with different forms now in our face of hatred and bigotry. Ed Stetzer went on to write that racism is evil, and we cannot pretend that it was not a part of the rhetoric of the culture these past several months. It simply must not continue, and we should be among the first to repudiate it. Years ago, the Billy Graham said, could, could I ask you to maybe go in the back? Okay. Grazie. Thank you. I just, yeah. No, no problem. We got seats back there, and I'm sorry the ushers didn't help you. They might be sleeping. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thanks so much for being sensitive. Hey, the Reverend Billy Graham said the gospel has no meaning unless it helps those who are hurting or those who are in need. So when we come to this place of loving people and, and understanding the heart, I want to show you an image that maybe you saw of this police officer. Did anybody see this? In first service, six people. And, okay, all right. When you go on your, your media, if any of you use the internet, you will see this picture. It's gone viral, um, millions and millions of downloads. This is an officer... He's an African-American officer, and he's doing an incredible job taking care of both sides, those that are being hated against and those that are doing the hating, and he's standing there. By the way, the people behind him are anti-black. Would you have done your, I think I would have gone home, you know? I think I would have called in sick. Would you have? Good morning. Did I lose you guys at the turnstile? Oh, thank you, thank you, Yeah. Now, behind them, you'll see on the upper right-hand side, people are doing this. Does anybody understand what this is? Okay. Uh, this was a, a sign of hailing the king. And, and, and that, that was a sign in a day where people were hailing or hiling somebody named Adolf Hitler. And when I saw this, it struck a chord with me. Um, you can't see the sign on the bottom, but maybe you, you can. Um, the gentleman on the far left has a sign that says, Jews are the children of Satan. And underneath that, he has a scripture listed that's proving all the things that he's trying to say. And I looked the scriptures up, and I can't understand how one iota of that would somehow make Jews be the, the children of Satan. I, I can't find it anywhere. And then I thought to myself, um, first of all, I, I'm a supporter of law enforcement. And um, I've been with cops who are belittled, even in our wonderful community called Lompoc, where people jump out of their cars with their iPhones because they have their right, 
Um, I'm glad I didn't have a gun one night when on a ride-along, this lady jumps out of her car. All the officer wanted to do was license, registration, proof of insurance, right? You ever had that happen to you? If you had it, it's, it's daunting. It's daunting. There's a cop, and I got the door open. I'm a passenger. They only give me a vest. They don't give me weapons, thank God. And this woman jumps out of the passenger seat. It's 12.30, 12.45 a.m. She jumps out of the passenger seat with a large iPhone. Does anybody have the bigger one? I have the mini, but if you got the large one and it's in a black case and she jumps out like this, what would you have done? Good thing I didn't have any weapons. I would have shot her. Because how do you know? And the officer was cool and calm and collected. But God forbid. And all she was doing was taking a video of a traffic stop in case the officer blew it somehow. And here's this, 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 this cop. I don't know his name. But I breathed a prayer for him last night and again this morning. And then I, then I thought about the word Jews. Did, I don't know if some of you remember that I was raised in the Jewish faith. And that guy's talking about me and my family. That we're children of Satan. I just, I don't know him and I'm not judging him. I don't have any hatred in my heart. But, but whoever you are, sir, I just like you to know that I'm a child of God. I've given my life to Jesus Christ and I belong to him. And my name's written in the Lamb's book of life. And, and when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm not going to go see Satan. Thank you, Lord, for that for forgiveness and grace and mercy. So he's incorrect. So he just needs someone to sit with him and have a $4 Starbucks and tell him, <laughs> tell him that he's incorrect. By the way, in the old day, um, they all used to wear hoods and now they're, they're not. Um, the other night, they were actually in skinny jeans carrying Home Depot torches and asking uh, America to be returned to what it once was. I, I don't want that. Do you want that? Oh, let's go back. Go back to what? Slavery? Go back to what? Where we came and took away the Indians' land? Come on. Go back to hangings in the trees? I mean, so, so I saw this image and I saw the word Jew and then I had this other image for you. And, and please hear my heart. Um, my grandmother died here. And my uncle died here. Uh, my uncle Bernard, that I'm named after, he died in Auschwitz simply because he was Jewish. And somebody by the name of Adolf Hitler felt that the Christian race, because they said God was with them, um, actually the SS Gestapo told the Jewish people when they came on Kristallnacht to burn down their sanctuaries, their synagogues, and take away their property, that, the, that God had spoken to them and said to eradicate the Jewish people. And most of the church was silent. Later on, the Roman Catholic Church would make an apology to the people of Israel and the Jewish people that were in Germany at the time and say, we didn't do what we wish we had helped, hoped we had done. We didn't do enough. My grandmother died there. My uncle died there. Uh, while my uh, father was uh, in Frankfurt, Germany on Kristallnacht, he was able to escape and get out and fight in the underground with the Italian partisans against the Nazis. My dad was an executioner for uh, the underground and uh, killed, reportedly, hundreds of Nazi troops. I'm one generation away from being in that building. I mean, that, that kind of brings it home for me. Uh, some of you are, you know, a couple generations away from slavery from working in the deep south in a cotton field, being whipped, 
some of you, because of the color of your skin, are a few generations away from being slaves to a master and them having their way with you physically and sexually. So we can't respond in silence. We, we must respond. And we sang the song this morning, we need Jesus to walk into the room, into our conversations, into our relationships, into any hatred and bitterness that's in our heart. And listen, I'm not judging you. The Holy Spirit was nailing me yesterday. And 2 o'clock this morning, 4.15 this morning, I mean, just boom, 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 boom. And I said, I, I've got to address this. I've got to make sure that we understand that we are a church of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. It doesn't matter if you agree with me or disagree about lots of issues. What really matters is our unifying point is that we're all sinners who need a Savior. What's the color of my skin? doesn't matter. What's the color of my heart? My heart is like, 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 like dirt, like filthy rags until the Lord Jesus comes and washes me whiter than the snow. Our hearts are full of blood. They're crimson. But Jesus comes and washes us whiter than the snow. So we need him into our conversations. We need him into our workplaces. We need him into our schools. I'm going to encourage you this week, whatever school is nearest your house, to spend time every day this month, every day, the month of September, to pray for that school. To pray for those kids. Ah, those noisy kids in that schoolyard. Yeah, pray for them. Remember what it was like for you to be there, if you can remember that far back. Some of you, yeah. Remember what it was like. And then begin to think about all the opportunities that they need to have and the safety that must be theirs. Pray for the principals. Pray for the leaders. Pray for their resources. Just, just pray. And if you don't know what to do, pray. And if you don't know what to do, show up to a school office. Um, we're looking at a couple of schools we want to help along with the Boys and Girls Club, but just show up in the office and say, hey, what do you guys need? I can donate paper or I can donate pencils or, or I, I can come and, and, and clean tables if they'll allow you to do that. I mean, just find a way to make a difference in people around you. Find a neighbor that desperately needs to know the love of Christ through your acts and your actions. So number one, Seek the face of God individually and collectively. So if you had notes, we'd be filling it in, but uh, you know it was a lot to produce at 8 o'clock, so you'll forgive me. Seek the face of God individually and collectively. Uh, get with prayer circles. We have our prayer team available at the end of service, and if some of you need prayer in regards to this message, I mean, feel free to come down. As church members and leaders, we pray alone, we pray in groups, and equally importantly, we lead this congregation in prayer, as I did today, encouraging each person to plead for those who are being hurt, wherever they're being hurt. Number two, we have to condemn bigotry, hate, and discrimination. Let me say it again. We have to condemn bigotry, hate, and discrimination. Irma uh, McManus went on to say that, that hatred is for cowards. Violence is for cowards. The people that are bold and strong and confident are people that will sit down and talk with somebody that's different than them to understand their differences. I believe what Rabbi Zacharias said when he said that discrimination ethnically is wrong because the race and ethnicity of a person is sacred. So if with one side of our breath we believe that God creates humanity, that God creates every embryo, 
He takes the power of the man, the seed in, in the man, and the seed in the woman, puts them together, and this baby is made. This baby is formed. And, and if we believe that every child is fearfully and wonderfully made, as the psalmist said, then we can never discriminate against the color of that baby's skin that God made. Red and yellow, black and white, purple, green, striped hair, mohawk, whatever, tattoos on their arms, pierced noses, pierced eyelids. I wouldn't pierce my eyelids, but I've seen people do it. Are you kidding me? A friend of mine got tattoos on his arm this last week. I mean, tattoos. Right now, it's the outline. Pretty soon, it's all going to be colored in. And we were standing in a group of people, and he said, hey, you guys want to see my tattoos? And he rolled up his sleeve. And I'm looking, I'm going, what's that? And then my next question, in, inside, didn't ask out loud. He's a big guy. I said, I said to myself, why would you do that? And then, and then he said, hey, guys, do you like my tattoos? I know Pastor Bernie doesn't. I hadn't said a word. <laughs> and I said, no, no, I don't dislike tattoos. I just don't like needles. And he said, oh, it didn't hurt. <laughs> I've asked some of you that have tattoos. He said, I could feel it. There's blood everywhere. Anyway, 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 anyway. Don't send me an email about the process of tattoos, right? Anyway. So then he explained why he got the tattoo and the meaning behind it. I took the time to understand. I said, wow, that's really good. And then I thought, Lord, give me something positive to say to bail me out of the mess that I'm in. And I said, wow, that's really good artwork. Come on, that, that will help you. Wow, that tattoo artist is amazing. He should have seen his countenance change. And he said to me, you still don't like it, do you? <laughs> I said, no, I, it, it, it's fine. But have you ever seen somebody all tatted up and right away you make a decision about who they are? You ever see somebody driving a car with different colored fenders? You know? Nowadays they call it patina. And if you're in the hot rod world, that's a big thing. I mean, people actually sand their cars down and then clear coat them so they look like they've been out in the farm rusting away. It's a whole new trend. They get these old trucks, farm trucks, they sand them down, that's it. Spray over, clear over the top. I got a new cool car. It's great. And they're actually worth a little bit more money than a big expensive paint job. How do you like that? Yeah, but we judge people. Oh, that's look at that rattle trap he's got. That's that. Oh, look where they live. They live on south this. They live on north that. They live on the hill. They live in the hood, hood or hill, right? And we base our judgment on people, but we always must condemn bigotry, hate, and discrimination. Number three, reach out with love and kindness to those who are experiencing anxiety or fear as a result of the rhetoric of those who seek to instigate hate. Reach out with love and kindness. Our arms of love and solidarity should be way out here. And the more they're like this, the more they remind us of Jesus, who died on the cross and embraced people that were so different than him. And number four, our world is desperate for followers of Christ to not only call themselves Christian, but who reflect the life and the heart of Christ. Recently, someone said that our world is looking for leadership. And our world's looking for servant leaders, that we're desperate for people to lead us. I, I think that's a great statement, but I also think this, that the world is desperate to see people who say they're Christians act like Christ. 
And when we act like Christ, we're going to love people that are different than us. And, the, and to be clear that, that we, we have sin in this world and we all have um, bigotry and discrimination of some kind, where we'd stop long enough to say, Lord, I refuse to let that fester and grow inside of me. The Bible is clear that as long as his church is in this world, the Holy Spirit is still on the move. That the Lord is greater than the evil that takes place anywhere in the world, not just in Charlottesville, but anywhere. Greater is his grace than the sin that is around us. Because where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And where it's darkest, the light penetrates the most. We have to condemn racism. We have to ask our leaders to condemn it as well, whether you write, write, the, write the White House or you write Sacramento or you write Santa Barbara County or you write the City Hall of Lompoc. We have to make sure that people stand against racism and stand against bigotry and stand against discrimination at every level, whether it's women in jobs or whether it's, it's, it's something of color or race or creed. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to heal our hearts and to cleanse us to listen to the Holy Spirit when he says, what about you? What about you? Again, Jesus modeled for us how to love people. That's why he could say in Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And by the way, the word sons, lady, is not just men. That's a neutered word. It means the children of God. So blessed are those who make peace wherever they are, to find ways to make peace. With each beatitude of Matthew 5, another nail is driven into the coffin. And inside that coffin lies the course of, uh, corpse of false understanding of salvation, where people believe that they can be saved without being changed. Where people believe that they can believe in Christ and not have to change their attitude towards others, or believe in Christ and still have hatred in their hearts. The gospel of Jesus Christ and encountering the Christ of the cross and the Christ of the empty tomb who rose again from the dead makes us people who are different from the inside out. And you will spend the rest of your lives on a journey of faith as Christ transforms you. He will challenge your attitudes as he challenges mine all the time. He will challenge your frustrations and your, your, your quickness at being angry like he does mine all the time. He will, he will challenge the way you look at other people or people out panhandling with signs. He will challenge the way you look at your neighbor who's different than you. You'll, he'll challenge the way you look at people that, that voted opposite the way you voted. Two guys were in, in, in a coffee shop in the south side of town and they were talking about politics and both of them in unison said, who did you vote for? And I said, you ready for my answer? I said, you mean for president? They said, yeah. I said, I said, you really want my answer? I said, it doesn't matter now. We have a seated president in the White House. Oh, man, their fangs came out. And I thought to myself, Lord, why would you want to spend your energy sitting and debating and arguing about that rather than using your energy and your time making a difference in the world. Wow, we don't agree with... Rah, 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 rah. Huh? Wouldn't it be great if people could just get along? Like locally? That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to the rest. Some of you are going, Pastor, we don't, hadn't seen the picture, but we know about what you're talking about. Yeah, sure. Wouldn't it be just, just great? If we could agree to disagree, but still love each other in the end, 
I mean, wouldn't that be, that be great? Ephesians 2.14, and we are almost done. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. See, that's, that's why I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation, Romans 1, 17. To the, to the, to the, to the Jew first. <laughs> and also to the Gentile. See, this is a Savior who broke down the wall between Jew and Gentile. You know what the law was? You don't hang around with Gentiles if you're Jewish. I was a kid in elementary school, and one of my cousins married a Goyim. That's a Gentile. You would have thought the world had come to an end. And over matzo ball soup and gefilte fish, which I never ate, by the way, and pickled herring, which I never ate either. Huh? The matzo ball soup was good, though. I listened to my family talk about one of my cousins as though he was dying and going to hell because he married a Gentile. Just think about that. Now, that was not that long ago. This was a few years ago. I was in elementary school. It wasn't that long ago. But Jesus came to break down the wall between the Jew and the Gentile, the biggest chasm that ever was. It's bigger than white and black, brown and yellow, pink and green, tattooed or not. And he did it in his own body on the cross. If we are believers of the cross, there can be no division inside of us. If we are believers of Jesus who can take sinners and make them saints, who can take people that are on their way to hell and give them a place in heaven, then we have to be people who say, you might be different than me. I may not fully understand you, but I have no right to hate you at all. I have no right to take my hatred and turn it into violence against you. What kind of logic is there in that? Because you're different than me, I'm going to burn your house, or I'm going to hurt you, or I'm going to smash your car in, or I'm going to kill you? Really? And that, is, that spirit is alive and well in the United States of America in 2017, land of the free, home of the brave. And I just say, Lord, how did we get here? And I hear the whisper. Our hearts are so desperately wicked, the prophet Jeremiah said. Who can know their own heart? And I say, oh God, may it never be of people at LFC. May we not be so desperately wicked we can't know our heart. May we ask you like the psalmist, search my heart, God, and see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And help me be an agent of Ephesians 2.14, where you died on the cross and you broke down every wall of, of hostility that separates us. Help me to be a peacemaker and a unifier and someone who makes a difference in this world. Jesus, come and invade us and help us be more like you. For 2 Corinthians 2.11, before I pray, says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Here's your homework this week. You want it? You can handle it? Write it down, 2 Corinthians 2.11. It's your homework. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of and live in peace 
and the God of love and peace will be with you. So if you want more of the presence of God, the God of love and peace to be with you, then you must strive for full restoration. Where there's a, a breach between you and a friend, or maybe a husband and a wife, or a parent and a brother and a sister, or, or a co-worker, strive for restoration. Encourage one another. See, I can find ways to encourage, as I did in that conversation that day with the transgendered person, I found ways to encourage them that blew their mind because they expected me to give them words that would be damning. My friend with the tattoos, I know it's small, but as we ended our time, I gave him a big hug. And I said, I love you and your tattoos. He said, I love you too, Pastor B. Could you imagine if tattoos severed our relationship? I've known this guy 18 years. And for him to think, for him to think that our relationship would somehow have a breach in it because he tatted up his arms. I said, oh God, help me not to be that person. Help me not to be so small-minded. Help me to be a person that lives in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with me. So Lord, as we come to pray, I, I just ask you to speak to our hearts that by the Holy Spirit you would challenge us. Wherever there's hatred, wherever there's bigotry, wherever there's discrimination, Wherever there are hearts that, that are angry towards other people, that somehow you would bring peace to us. I, I confess first, Lord, as the leader of this church, that, that there's times that I get angry at people. Times that, that maybe I lowercase h hate somebody because they're so different or they're they just seem to agitate me whenever I see them or hear them or watch them on TV. Lord, may you heal my heart. May you heal all of our hearts. Come and consume all that we are. We sang it today. We give you permission. Our hearts are yours and we want you. We want you to fill us with your spirit. We want you to fill us with a heart of peace. Help us to strive for restoration, for full restoration, to encourage one another, to be of one mind, to live at peace, so that your presence might be with us and fill us. And God, we pray for those not just here, those in our country, those around the world who are facing persecution and discrimination today simply because of their faith or their gender or the color of their skin. It's a huge prayer, Lord, but somehow would you comfort them and, and somehow would you use the body of Christ globally to push back darkness and to allow your spirit to come. Thank you that everyone in this room, everyone watching online is fearfully and wonderfully made by you. We are all of great value to you, Lord. We are people who matter to you, Lord, and no one can take that away from us. No one can say a word to us that should ever break the words that you've shared over our lives. We are your beloved sons and daughters. 
that you have bought us with the blood of Jesus Christ. And that anybody here, anybody watching, who maybe is far away from you, that by their faith in Jesus Christ today, they can give their lives to you and be saved. They can be forgiven. Thank you, God, for who you are. Help us to be people of your love, people of your grace, people of kindness. Help us to be people filled with the love of God and then love others. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.